Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Using our words. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Says this. It says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. That will probably be the big thing we're talking about today. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. I want to talk about the, a matter of the heart. A matter of the heart. Jesus is confronting the Pharisees in this passage because before he ever makes this statement, he is delivering a demon-possessed boy. And all of a sudden, the religious people, everybody's watching this moment happen. And instead of them clapping their hands like you guys do and praise God and this kid's set free from this demon... They start talking bad and they start saying, oh, well, Jesus is only doing this because he's also the prince of demons. And they start saying that he's demon possessed too and all these things. And then Jesus is confronting them about what they're saying. He's, and he's telling them what we just read. Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. Out of the, um, there's another version that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says this, interesting, in Proverbs chapter uh, 27, verse 19, says this. It says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. One more time. Proverbs 27, 19, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Church, you have to understand something, that God works in our lives at the level of our hearts. God works in our lives at the level of our hearts. And so he's trying to get, he's trying to get me and you to understand this, that whatever we are filled with will flow from. Whatever we're filled with will flow from. And my encouragement to you this morning as we close out this series, because next Sunday we're starting a brand new series, and we're going to talk about something totally different from what we're talking about, is that you would understand that you have to have the right heart to experience the right things. The right heart. God is not interested in the external. God is not interested whether you have a six-pack or not, whether you're tall or short, whether you have a lot of money or no money. God is interested in your heart. That's why in the Old Testament, what happened with David? He said, I, am, I, I picked David because he is a man after my own heart. I chose him because of his heart. We live in a culture that we are so saturated and obsessed with what we look like that we forget that it's more about the inside than the outside. 
When Jesus was confronting the Pharisees in another, in another part of the Gospels, he told them, you are like whitewashed tombs. You look nice on the outside, but you're filled with dead man's bones. You look good. Everybody follows you. You're religious. You have this status. But deep down on the inside, you're trash. That's what he was trying to tell them. That you're trash as a person. And so Jesus, when he's confronted, he says, whatever is on the inside determines what you say, church. I'm here to, I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with you that this will be the greatest year you've ever had, but it starts with how you fill your heart. It starts with how you're feeling yourself because what you say matters. Like I said, what you say determines a lot of what you experience. And if you're constantly filled with bitterness and anger, guess what? That's how you talk. And you can tell when a person is negative by what? The way they talk. And then as you study and you peel the layers like an onion, you begin to realize that, man, there's a lot that's going on on the inside that's flowing out. So the question you might be asking is, Pastor, okay, how do I have the right heart? Number one is this, surrender your will. You have to surrender your will. You have to learn to submit to God and receive what God says in his word. Timothy said this in 2 Timothy 3.16. I mean, Paul was writing to Timothy. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You want to know what the Bible, the, the, the purpose of the Bible is right there. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So how you do this is you surrender your will. Why? Because we have to understand, church, that God is looking for the best interest of his sons and daughters. We cannot look at God as this man that just wants to make my life miserable. This man that's just trying to ruin my, my party, my life. No, no. He's trying to save you from you. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to watch over you. And he gives us the word of God to teach us, to correct us, and to make us realize when we're wrong in something. And as me and you are open to receive what God has to say, that is where the transformation happens. When I am humble enough to say, God, you know what? I realize that this is wrong. And I repent and I'm going to change this. That is where transformation happens. We live in a culture in an age today that when you try to correct someone, oh, it's hate. Oh, they hate me. The church hates me. Oh, oh, oh. All of a sudden, it's the blame game. Because someone said something that twisted, that said, you know, it twisted something on the inside that you didn't like because although they were right, you couldn't agree with it. You couldn't receive it. The most dangerous person is someone that can't receive correction. Those are dangerous. If you're a leader in this place, it is dangerous to have people leading that can't be corrected. And as a Christian, it is dangerous church when we get to a place where pride becomes our master and no one can tell us what to do 
Ever met people like that? You can't tell them anything. They throw a fit. They talk about you on Facebook. They, they, you can't say a word to them. That is dangerous, church. And that will kill you in the long run. I grew up playing sports. And um, I started playing sports when I was like five, six years old, playing basketball. And um, growing up in sports, coaches, obviously, they are going to correct you to make you better. And I remember there were times growing up in sports where I, I liked the way I was doing a certain drill or I felt more comfortable doing it this way. And my coach had to correct me every single time. And if I didn't listen, he would make me run laps. I'm not going to make anybody run laps here, okay? Just, you know. You know, go run, run around the church six times and then we'll talk. But he would make me run. He would make me do something extra. I remember talking back to my coach and that was the last time I ever talked back to him. I remember going up in the 90s, there are things that coaches would say that they would be canceled today. But anyways, another time. But here's the thing. When I was receiving what God was saying, it was changing. When, you know, as my coach, I'm sorry, my coach was saying this, it was changing me. It was transforming me. It was helping me become a better athlete. And the same thing with the word of God. It changes and transforms you. And once you are transformed, you can't go back to who you used to be. Because the word of God is living and it's active. It's sharp. The Bible says it's double-edged sword. It's sharp. And instead of looking at the word of God and hearing the word of God as something that is offensive, look at it as God is trying to save me. And it will change the way you live. When Jesus is confronting the Pharisees about what they're saying, he's not just talking about the Pharisees, he's talking about humanity, that it's all about the inside. He's trying to confront the inside of a person. Whether you are a religious person or you're not a religious person. He's like, I'm trying to confront the core of who you are. And it starts by surrendering your will. It starts by, you know what you can do every day, church? A simple thing every day. When you wake up and you're praying, say yes to Jesus every day. Every morning, say yes to God. Without hesitation, without you having to wait and see God, what do you want me to do? It's just yes. God, yes. Yes. And when you learn to live with Lord, yes, it changes the perspective of your life and it changes how you operate as a person, as a mom, as a dad, as a son, a daughter, a student. It changes it. It's all about receiving. The Pharisees, how crazy is this? They saw Jesus in the flesh. They saw Jesus doing miracles. I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about things that no one else could do. And it took an, out of, an act of God. Yet, they always bumped heads with him. And they missed out on the miracles that they could have experienced for their life. And church, if we're not careful, we could be the same way. Where we are missing out on miracles for our lives because we can't receive who he is. And what he says. So my encouragement today is surrender your will. Say yes every single day and watch God change your year around. And when you learn to say yes, I'm telling you something, your words will change. Your family will notice. Oh my gosh. 
he complimented me today. Oh my gosh, you know, you start noticing, you, you might even catch yourself being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I like this person. You might catch yourself. Why? Because, I get, like I said, God has designed us to be like him. God has created us for him. To be in relationship with him. And what tarnishes our relationship is what's happening on the inside. There are things that people say that a lot of times it's not even them. It's what's going on in here. It's a work that only God can do. But can I tell you something? It's not just turning your will, but you got to guard your heart. There's a responsibility as well. There's a part that we play. I say yes to God, but then I also have to guard my heart, which is the second point. Guard your heart. There's a famous passage, Proverbs 4.23. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, church, what you allow in your life dictates what you do. What you allow in your life dictates what you do. And I'm here to be very honest, church. It is not your brother's responsibility or your sister's. It's not your husband's or your wife's. It is your responsibility to guard your heart. Because if you're not careful, what do you do? You place the blame on somebody else for your heart. Well, it's because they did this. And they said this without realizing that you are an individual and God is asking you to guard your heart. Or on the, on the other side of the coin, if we're not careful, we are so caught up with guarding everybody else's heart that we miss out on ours. And if I can't be healthy myself, how am I supposed to help someone else? What good is it that I'm helping everybody else, but I'm dying myself? So the author says, guard your heart for it controls the course of your life. Guard your heart. Protect it. Guard it. Church, can I be honest with you? Here's something simple. Like I said, say yes to God every morning. Create boundaries every day. Create boundaries for your heart every day. Create boundaries so that people cannot cross, so that things that you listen to cannot come in. Create boundaries boundaries so that you can protect your heart. You don't always have to accept everything that someone says. You don't have to go along with just because everybody else does it. So I'm going to go along with it. No, church. God asked you to guard your heart. So you have the right to not accept what someone else says. If you grew up in a home that was full of alcoholics and you have a theo or a grandma or an aunt that comes and says, oh, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like your mom. You have the right to say, no, it stops with me. God changed my life and my family's not going to be alcoholic. My family's not going to be addicted. No, it stops with me. You have the right to do that, but it's creating boundaries. You got to create boundaries, create boundaries with Relationships. Create boundaries with what you choose to listen to and not listen to. 
Create boundaries, church. Because like the proverb said, guard your heart above all for it determines the course of your life. Create boundaries, church. And fill yourself up with the Spirit of God. Let me teach you how to do that. Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 5. 16 through 26. If you're looking for a way to battle this, Paul says it best. He says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit, here we go, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Paul said it. We are in a war. And the best way to combat this is being filled with the Spirit. Because when I'm filled with the Spirit, when I'm filled with God's presence, when I'm feeding myself with God's word, I produce the right things. I produce peace. I produce goodness. I produce faithfulness. I produce all of the And then he says, but then look, he says the contrary. Sin does this to you. When you allow sin to take root, when you are filled with sin, envy, drunkenness, outbursts of anger, all these things are coming out of you because you can't take care of what's inside of you. But I'm here to encourage you. Today's the day that you can take care of it on the inside. By asking the presence of God to come in. So that you can produce what the Spirit produces. So that you can experience, I don't know about you church, but I want to experience peace every single day. I don't want to wake up every day and always be angry or sad. No, the devil would love people like me and you to be depressed and anxious and sad because if he can get you like that, he'll have you. And you'll be coming to services like this and you won't be able to receive because you're so stuck on what the devil's been doing on you. You're stuck on what was. You're stuck on this happened to me. You're depressed and you're allowing things to come in. That's why I said guard your hearts. If it's not from God, it can't come in. Because God would never produce anxiety in you. You can't allow it. God would never produce depression in you. You can't allow it. But you can combat it. 
And I thank God the Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God has given us the power and the ability to overcome whatever the devil throws at us. And you can live in victory every single day of your life. You don't have to live like everybody else. Surrender your will. Guard your heart. Live with open hands. Live with open hands. That's the third point. Live with open hands. Jesus said this. I'm going to mention it. In Matthew 6, 21. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. In other words, do not cling onto what you cannot keep. Do not cling onto what you cannot keep. Are things bad, Pastor Sam? No, they're not bad. I hope you get an 80-inch TV. That's my dream. But I hope that God will bless you so much that you'll begin to experience the things that you, you always dreamed of as a kid. I, I, that's my desire, but can I tell you something? Those things cannot have you because what you value matters. And Jesus is saying, hey, the tr- what you value, the treasure of your heart, that's where it flows from. What do you value? What do you treasure? Do you treasure being the richest man in the room or do you treasure being right with me? And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. But what you value first and God comes first. If I value influence more than faithfulness, then I have a problem. If I value, you know, there's so many things. And Jesus is trying to get his people to understand, man, if you value me, what you gain is so much more. And what you gain, nobody can pay for. There's, not an all, there's no money in the world that can give you what I can give you. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus himself said in the Gospels, what good is it to gain the whole world yet lose your soul? What good is it, church? What good is it? What good is it to be the most popular person in our, in our city or the richest man in our city, yet your family is being destroyed? What good is it to have the degrees and the accolades and the cars, yet you're, you, you yourself are suicidal? What good is it? Like I said, things are not bad, but we have to, we have to evaluate. Where are my values? Do I value God more than things or do I value things more than God? And here's the thing. It's not just things. Let's put things aside for a moment. Remember, I just said what you cling, don't cling to something that you cannot keep. 
Don't hold on to something that will destroy you, that you can't keep. There are things that you need to release to God with an open hand. Some of you need to stop clinging onto bitterness. Because you can't keep bitterness and say you want to experience joy. Don't cling onto things, like I said, that you cannot keep. So many of us are in the habit of living with closed fists. We're closed fists. We're holding on to things that, I, that God has asked you to let go of. Can I, per- can I tell you something? If you can live a life with open hands, God will fill it. If I can live my life like this instead of like this, God will fill it. You're saying, Pastor, I want to I see this happen in my life. I want to see this happen in my family. I, I want to experience this. Live like this. Live like this. For some of you, your prayer has to be, God, give me a new heart. Maybe you came into this room today and you realized, man, my heart has been in the wrong place for a long time. So your prayer has to be, God, give me a new heart. Or maybe you just have to say, God, forgive me. Your word has made me realize a lot of things that I'm wrong in and I don't make any changes about it, but I want to today. I want to today. Whatever that looks like, church, whatever that looks like, As a pastor, man, I'm in the business of seeing you set free. It's all I care about at the end of the day. That you're free and that you're right with God. It's a matter of the heart. One more time, what Jesus said, it's what's in your heart that determines what you say. Have you realized that a lot of things that you're saying, is it because... God is doing something new or are you saying a lot of things because you've allowed other things to come in? If we're saying, God, Pastor Sam, 2023 is the year of victory, then what am I allowing and what am I declaring? If I'm constantly declaring fearful things, like, oh, no, this and that and the economy and eggs and all these things, then what's in your heart is fear. If what's constantly coming to your mouth is, I hate this and that and this person and that, then what's in your heart is bitterness. And Jesus confronts the Pharisees And he wasn't just talking to the Pharisees' church. He's talking to all of us. He's confronting what they're saying because he wants to heal what's on the inside. If he could do a spiritual heart surgery, that is the thing. What's on the inside? For some of you in this room, maybe the reason why you've expressed the way you express and You'd say the things you say and you've hurt the people you've hurt is because maybe God needs to do a healing on the inside. 
and you've tried everything else. I'm here to encourage you. Why don't you try God? Give God these next six months. I guarantee you something's going to change. Give God a day. I guarantee you something's going to change. These past couple of weeks, we've been talking about words. Because words play such a huge part in our lives. Some of you are encouraged because of words. And some of you in this room, you're broken because of someone's words. Some of you are experiencing things that you didn't want to because of things that you said that affected other people. Some of you are in this room and there's things that you've said in private without realizing that it's affecting you publicly. But what I love about Jesus is that he came to redeem us all. He came to transform me and you. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that when we give our lives to Jesus, we are a new creation. The old is gone. That means you're a new person. You got a new identity in Christ. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.